You probably know today's guest from Saturday Night Live or Half-Baked or the Joe Rogan experience. He is very high energy. He has an incredible talent for telling stories. He has captivated audiences, impressed fellow comedians, earning him a spot on the Comedy Central's 100 Greatest Stand-Ups of All Time. He taught a young Dave Chappelle how to drive, spiritual advice from Steve Harvey. Uh, He skipped lunch with Chris Rock and Jerry Seinfeld to get a mani-pedi with his wife. This guy is rich, just rich. His his output is prolific. He's released five comedy albums in the last three years alone, including literally one just last week. But he is more than all of those things. He is a much deeper person um, than you could possibly imagine watching him on stage. Behind all of his characters, and he he's he's a, a, a Jonathan Winters or a or a, a Robin Williams in many ways. Uh, behind all of that, he is devoted to spiritual truths. He proudly calls himself a modern day prophet warrior. He doesn't really have a party or play politics. It's that the things he talks about now are political, and you'll understand that in the, uh, in the podcast. He sees politics as an obstacle, an effort to rob us of our faith. Multidimensional, full of wild stories, laughter and wisdom, but also heartbreak, even as his wife of 29 years battles terminal cancer. He knows that he will never be mad at God. This man knows how to turn a stumbling block into a cornerstone, and somehow he still finds the strength to bring the house down with roaring laughs. This is a very, very entertaining podcast. Please listen all the way to the end. An amazing ending. Please welcome Jim Brewer. Let me tell you about a great steak, something that everybody in my family, except for the vegans, absolutely love. Uh, If you want a great steak and you want one that is actually helping build America, go to Good Ranchers. They carry the highest quality meats, America, American raised, pasture raised, USDA prime or upper choice beef, better than organic chicken, prime seafood that's been flash frozen immediately after being caught. So it locks in the quality and the flavor. Um, meat prices are through the roof right now, and it's only going to get worse. But if you order right now through Good Ranchers and use my promo code, Glenn, you're going to get 30 bucks off your first order. Already, excellently high-priced quality meat. You get a discount on top of that. What's not to love, especially when you lock in that price. This meat is from real American farms and ranches, hand-cut, trimmed by American workers. Get it today. You'd have steakhouse experience in your own home before you know it. The first step, visit GoodRanchers.com slash Glenn. Save $30 on your first order of American meat delivered. GoodRanchers.com slash Glenn. What a pleasure. You are hysterical. Um, but I, yeah, I want, well, I want to start at a place probably uh, people talking to you would not start at. I want to talk about um, how you deal so well with death and 
your dad's death, your wife being so sick. You have such a great outlook on that. Um, I think when you when you have a deeper depth of life, uh, a faith, um, you have God in your life, mm-hmm. and you understand that we're not living forever. I, I think we have a serious problem with nobody knows or understands once we move into the next dimension, mm-hmm. death or whatever you mm-hmm. want to target. We're all going to die. And uh, humanity took care of each other for a long time, not until, I don't know. It seemed, I, I remember being a kid and it's like, oh, grandma's in the basement. Listen, right. grandma, <laughs> right. she's, she says crazy things. <laughs> right. Her mind's not there. Right. So, you know, grandma, I'm bringing someone down. <laughs> she's barking and she's right. talking about whatever. Is yeah. an elephant? We got to feed him by three o'clock. Okay. Um, and we had people in the house somewhere mm-hmm. along the line. They're like, you've got to make a billion dollars and go over there. And you're very important. But your dad, yeah, put him in a home. Uh, and, and we lost that. We've lost that connection with humanity. And my parents were, I don't know. I, I think uh, I reflect a lot. I take a lot of time to reflect and think about life in general and what's, what's really important. Am I going to, I remember when I begged God my whole life, please, I don't care how much money I make. I don't care what goes on. Please let me be there for that man. I don't want him alone. This man grew up with 10 brothers and sisters in Dayton, Kentucky. Uh, Mm. They just got shoes there. (laughs) Sorry, Dayton. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... It was in World War II. Um, I mean, he basically lived in hell for a long time. Yeah. And he never complained. He gave me his life. I was an accident. I wasn't supposed to happen. So the least, when you think the way you're taken care of as a child, as you grow up, my feeling is the least you can do is drop your very important world and your suburban or whatever you think makes you important and keep going to sacrifice to look after them as they as they start heading towards their end. They take care of you. That's the circle. But we don't we don't understand the circle anymore. Don't you think this is a conversation I want to have with God. Don't you think it would be better? If the circle were reversed, you came out an old person. Yeah. And, and then you then you just got younger and younger. So your kids had this cute little baby that just disappeared one day. Yes. I mean, but <laughs> technically, it, technically it is kind of saying because you're still dropping deuces in your pants. <laughs> right. Except for they're a lot bigger yeah. when they're 80, 90. You've or... talked about this with, <laughs> yeah. with your dad. Yes. And that was a big that was a big breakthrough. Um, you know, tell, tell the story about taking your dad on tour and yeah, it, tell the story. All right, so I mean, I took him on tour all the time. That so, I think you're referring to the documentary more than me, mm-hmm. um, and that's when I filmed everything with my dad. But I took him out all the time. I just. I knew this might be the last time, so I told the camera guys, listen, 
film, but concentrate on him and we'll make blogs or something like that. But, uh, and I also realized that gave him so much life, um, gave him so much life, so much to live for at that time. He's hanging out with the guys. He couldn't really get around. But then I also, you got to humble yourself when they do have an accident, which wasn't, uh, we're not, they, they teach you all they want about Ponce de Leon in third grade. And if you're not paying attention, they'll drug him. Your child has ADHD, which means he's not sticking to the program. Drug that kid. We're so sorry for your child's problem and issue. These drugs will help you. Jeez. Can you get any more demonic? No, it's for the children. We need, this pill will make them understand things better. Yeah, he understood when he was in first grade going, uh, are we in prison or do we have to learn about geometry? Should we learn about taking care of one another? I'm like, what are we learning here? Sit down! Your child has an issue. Um, he's not going to be one of us. You want him to go to college and be successful, don't you? Learn from professors. They love that word. Um... <laughs> but that's all things you gotta when the first time he he dropped I, he dropped a deuce in his pants he soiled himself that was I could see the uh, the look in his eye I saw the look in his eye and it was pure humiliation mm. and I just felt at that moment in time, it was my duty, no pun intended, <laughs> but it was my, it was, it would be an honor to let him know as much as possible. Hey, 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 don't, let's, hey, let's have fun with it. It is what it is. Let's, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Let's just, uh, let's just go with it. And I actually learned a lot more about him. And I had to start showering him because he gave up. He gave up after a while. And when he gave up. What do you mean he gave up? He gave up. My, um, my mom gave his car away. And that happens with a lot of uh, elderly people. That was the end of my grandfather, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I would... he. He would go, um, you know, you need the car. I'm not going to use it. I know you're not going to use it because you can't even walk. But that was. That was there. The, yeah. And it's the last independence they have. Mm -hmm. Once the elderly lose their independence, they lose so much. They don't want to be a burden. They want to be able to go to the store on their own. They want to be able to do things on their own. I mean. Think, think if you and I, we can't go anywhere and we have to always rely on people. And then you see the looks on the people that have to take care of you. And they're like, hi, dad. Uh, yeah. You know, I got to, one second. I'm done my dad here. He's getting old. Interfering with my life. God, I hate making seven figures. So... Um, I think it all just, you figure it out, but you really have to deprogram yourself. This is, they, they do a good job programming you for a long time. 
back with more with the incredible Jim Brewer. Um, But first, let me just pause to talk to you about Relief Factor. Are you in pain? Have you had pain where you're like, I just can't do it anymore? Have you tried everything? Have you... uh, have you gotten to the point to where you've kind of just said, uh, this is the way I'm going to live? That's the way I was about five years ago. Please get your life back. I can't tell you the relief of pain that has happened in my life, and it could happen in your life. 70% of the people who try um, Relief Factor go on to order more month after month. 1995. It's a quick start trial pack. Try it for three weeks. Doesn't work. Stop taking it. But if it does, you'll get your life back relieffactor.com relieffactor.com so what was your childhood like because you you oh, talk about your oh <laughs> I, I had the greatest childhood in life right i had the greatest childhood in life um, but your dad fought in world war ii yes and, and he did not have a good childhood and he did not have a good childhood and, and he and well he might have been there for you tell me about him because he was oh he was always there but he, but he didn't. He have. He didn't say a word. Yeah, didn't say a word. Never but he was said, over there. Never said a word. But he's always the only time he say something. If he honestly thought I was going off the rails a little bit, mm-hmm. he he'd come in like, wait, wait, what's going on with you? <laughs> Nothing. Hmm. And that's all you do. Hmm. And that was enough for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. Um. But he, and I saw him, that's another thing, in my 20s, which also helped think about him more, because I would, I would try to learn his history, and I would try to learn why he was the way he was, because he was, he was, everyone loved him because he was belly laughing funny. Belly laughing funny. Is that where you get it? No. I didn't. I didn't really understand his humor mm. until afterward. He didn't. He didn't show his humor mm. until we had a drink together, and I turned twenty-one. Mm. As a matter of fact, this is what happened. I turned twenty-one, and he goes, "You're a man now, so uh, let's we want to have a beer." I said, "Sure, yeah, I'll have a beer." And I went with my dad. We went to this place called Swamp Water Owls, <laughs> Palm Harbor, Florida. <laughs> We're like the only ones not wearing a hat. <laughs> We're the only ones that don't have like, you know, stringy hair off the chin. And um, I remember I was getting, you know, I don't know what to talk to him about. We're having a beer and I was such a jerk. I think I was, you know, I was 21. So I go, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go outside for a second. I got I to gotta, I gotta talk to someone. I went out. I think I caught a buzz. Totally, and then I'm catching a buzz. Forget him outside. I'm talking to a couple people, and then like I gotta get in by my dad. And I, I'll never forget this. I walked in, and as I walked in, I looked where we were standing, and I saw all these young guys looking down. And I thought, oh my god, he's Something. yeah, he's having a heart attack. So I go running over there, and they're howling with laughter. Howling, and I, I, Lily, I, you'd never seen your no. father funny. I've heard it. Like we, we would. I'd be in my. Uh, I'd be a kid, and we'd have a barbecue, and yeah. I'd have to go to bed, and I'd hear in the back patio, like at midnight, everyone else going, ah! 
my god oh my god jim 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 oh my god and i'd hear in high school i would have people go i was on your your father's gym too i go yeah i was on your father's garbage truck this year no i i don't i I got your father's the funniest human being I ever met in my life. I went, my dad is? Wow. My dad. Wow. Really? Like what he's like, yeah. You have no clue. I he made my whole summer. Really? Really? And so when I came back to that moment, I look and it was him. He's five foot nine. He's holding court. And all my kids' lives, my hand to God, I'll never forget it. This guy turns around, he goes, this guy's hilarious. You got to listen to him. And I went, that's my dad. I, and I, I swear to God, he goes, can I hire him for a party? I want to hang out with him. And then I watched him hold court for hours with these college kids. Um, some of the like, things what like, like, what was he I can't, I can't repeat a lot of it, but okay, he was yeah, right. one after the other after the other. <laughs> I don't know where you could go on the podcast. So right. I'm not gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's no rated G, and I don't even think there's PG-13. But he would just do that. He would look at the waitress go by and look at the kids. Like, you think you can handle that? You think you can handle that? And I want to put you right back where you're dying. And then, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah he was <laughs> so that's when i discovered your dad my dad and we oh we'd have great times but he also i also knew he was he was a lot older he had me when he was uh going on 45 mm. so that was another thing. Like I knew we couldn't do sports or whatever, but we yeah. do fun stuff in the pool or mm-hmm. we'd always compete with little things, bocce or whatever. Um, yeah, and it was great. My childhood was incredible. We we grew up on a street in Long Island where everyone looked after each other. I mean, there was a range of kids between, some of us were six years apart, but I looked after them like little brothers. Mm. And they looked they looked at me like a big brother and the older kids looked at me like a little brother and then even the girls on the street we all all the neighbors it's not that they you know if you didn't like each other that's okay but you still should know each other and when mm-hmm. i mean everyone knew each other and that's another lost art that has happened in this country it's it's mind boggling it's just mind boggling the um and back then you didn't if you got out of hand someone else's mother would be like oh, yeah does your mother know that you're, because I'm going to let her know, unless you're going to tell her, mm-hmm. like, don't tell my mom. Mm-hmm. No, I got to tell your mom, Jim. Um, yeah, I hear that all the time. Aren't you the Beck kid? Yeah. No? <laughs> I know your parents. <laughs> right. You'd be like, oh, right. right. Yeah. Right, right, right. So it was a great childhood. And um, yeah, it's not like I came from this terrible world. So who did you learn two things from? First of all, the compassion, is that just something that is developed in you? Or who did you learn that from? I think that 
I think that's in everyone unless it's beaten out of you. So, and what I mean by that is it's, it's, I, I don't, I, it's not one particular person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's watching it. It's learning it. It's, it's studying it. It's watching. I remember um, my wife's grandparents just to, to, and I have to give her credit. You know, her husband was passing away, my wife's grandfather. And that was the first time I saw someone crawl in bed to hold them to pass away. I just, mm. wow. That's, wow. I didn't know you can do that. They have to go away. And, um, and growing up, I mean, you learn in school, the kids that are picked on. I, I you know, I'd get in a couple scraps. I'd, you, you, you learn real quick growing up how mean society can be. Oof. You know, we'd had slow kids at school and they're the ones picked on, so that would cause a lot of fights. And and then the most vicious kids in school who I couldn't stand, then you find out, oh, well, their father beats them mm-hmm. or their, their grandfather. Mm-hmm. Something happened to them. Mm-hmm. And even though, it, well, it doesn't help the, the fingers the punch marks on my chest that they left for no mm-hmm. reason. But you understand like, wow, I don't know what that's like. Cause I don't have that. So I think, I think compassion you learn along the way, if you're open to it. And I don't know if we're open to it as much. Oh, I, I mean, think, you're go ahead. No, I think we are. I think the demons and I call them demons. Um, have taken over everywhere that you're that you got your mind and eyes locked into mm-hmm. from the time you grew up it's 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 uh movies television news networks all of it and it's not it's not so much you know people are concentrated on the stars are on there well they should concentrate on who's programming it mm-hmm. who's the one saying yes put more of this out there and make sure <laughs> we damn anyone who's not vaccinated <laughs> you know you're watching hit tv shows and you're watching uh celebrities going if you you're watching uh late night television and they've they they're they've lost their soul, their minds, everything. If you're not vaccinated, you shouldn't be treated. <sighs> <laughs> what do you have you lost your mind? Yes, you have. And you should not have an airwave to put out such hatred. We have been programmed, you know, it drives me nuts when I say one nation under God. Well, if you honored God. What we push in our daily lives are judgment, mm-hmm. hate, um, violence, sodomy. It's everything opposite of God. And we celebrate it. Vanity, ego. That's what's. Li- so if I sit here and I make a million dollars, but I did it through creating a sex ring mm-hmm. and pushing drugs. And you came in here, made a million dollars because you're a lawyer. doesn't matter. We're in the same financial field. 
And that is an extremely dangerous God to look up to. And that is what I feel has really taken over our society, if not most of the world at times. So let me see if I understand this, because um, I just went all over. I apologize. (laughs) No, 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 it's good. No, it's good. (laughs) Where are we? I don't know. I think we start over there. (laughs) Um, I've been saying for a while that it's not that we aren't a religious uh, people or don't worship God. We just worship our own gods. Could be your car, could be your job. Right now, it's a lot of people's job or their station in society. They're not willing to do the right thing or say the right thing. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And the... It's like morals. I sit there and everything is... Well, well, I'm saying that too, but if you turn on television, I noticed this when I was a kid. I'd watch the news and that's the first time when I realized, what is the news? Because they don't bring anything good. Every day, death, horror, murder, kidnapping, (laughs) terrorist, disease, bedwetter, and your team lost. See you tomorrow <laughs> with the facts and the channel you trust. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by all these sponsors. Keep pushing it. <laughs> oh my God. How do you not see that? And then I'd hear people go, well, people don't want to hear good news. Says who? Says who? It's never been tried. If you came out with 5, 10, 15 channels every day of your life, you are not going to believe what happened today. Carol broke her hip and she almost died. And then her neighbors came and they baked the cake and they did this. And this one's got cancer. And if, if you know anyone that got cancer, I guarantee you. Things would change like that mm-hmm. if that's all you saw 24-7. Mm-hmm. So the mindset of anyone that says, well, it doesn't really sell, is a fool. It's kind of like, I mean, as simple as, uh, what is that That show used to be on? You know, move that bus. And they, the whole community got together to take some family and they trans, you know, just yes. transformed their yes. house. And I mean, yes. It was always such a good story right. and a good feeling. Yes. That was number one. Yes. That was number one. Right. Thank you for nothing. <laughs> God, I got a couch. I got a couch. <laughs> um, yes, there's a lot of goodness. But uh, in my opinion, the devil's got a killer entertainment agents. Yeah, he does. Killer, but it's time to start pointing them out. Hey, let me just take a second here away from uh, the comedy of Jim Brewer and uh, and talk to you about preborn. We know that abortion has been a horror show in this country. Sixty three million babies since the beginning of Roe versus Wade. The blue states and California, I just talked about it this week, um, Proposition one is going to make infanticide, I think, infanticide uh, legal. It will at least positively take it up to a birthday abortion. On their birthday, they can be killed. 
it's going to get worse in some states. Um, we're battling evil, and to battle evil, we have to battle it with good and battle it with truth, eternal truths. I want to talk to you a little bit about Preborn. This is a company that we've been working uh, for. It's more of a ministry than a company, um, but they're the direct competitor of, of Planned Parenthood. They are in California. They are in New York. They are in wherever the largest providers are of abortion. And we have um, made a, uh, a goal of 50,000 babies, saving 50,000 babies this year. The way they do it is when a mom comes in, they do an ultrasound. When a mom hears the heartbeat for the first time, when she can see the baby, she's 80% more likely to choose life. That's why they have to stop them. Please join us, will you? I want you to just dial pound 250, say the keyword baby, and support any way you possibly can. Um, make a donation to Preborn. Save 50,000 babies this year. We can do it. A lot of the problem has come from um, comedians being afraid or actually being part of it. I don't know what happened to comedy. I but think, yeah. You, you know, you, I think people would say, if they would watch, let's say, somebody had to say it, um, they would say, oh, this is very political. But it's not. It's Gl not. Glenn, what blows my mind is how many people say, oh, you're political now. I asked them, what part is political? First, I'm talking about you trying to stick a needle in me. Is that political? Or did you Make get it. conned mm -hmm. and brainwashed to when, think it's when political? Is medicine when is medicine political? political? That, that alone, I love when people go, what are you, what are you some type of conspiracy theorist? I'm a conspiracy theorist because I'm questioning <laughs> right. putting a needle. <laughs> and when I said, what, what, what's the results? We don't know yet. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so let me ask you, if I don't take it, I got a 99.9, .9, but with it, I got less. Oh, give it to me. <laughs> What is going on? Um, and how is that political? It's not. But that is what another thing that's genius that I see has happened here is everything is um, categorized. You're liberal, mm -hmm. you're, you're conservative, you're Democrat, you're Republican, you're this, you're that. Um, and I beg people to don't, don't label yourself. You do, in my opinion, you're doing yourself a dishonor. If this is good, this is good, this person's good, this person's good. Because the minute you label yourself, you reduce. Well, none of that. It's here, it's sports analogy. You join a team. I have people in my family, it's like, I'm a, I'm a Democrat. And I vote Democrat. And I'm gonna, I said, well, what if that Democrat? No, nope, 1960s, joined right. the union. <laughs> right. And that union, my Democrat, <laughs> and that Kennedy. Yeah. I get it. But that was. Uh, that used to be my grandparents. They were Democrats because of FDR. And nothing could change their mind. Right. So, and here's the problem. Um, 
A, you got the professional wrestling. Or this side wants mm-hmm. to do this. Right. It's really funny. And this side <laughs> wants to put up a wall. <laughs> when I say let everyone in, I've love for everyone. <laughs> How many shirts are missing? How many, how many want to? We did pretty good. All right, Bob, let's go have a steak. Um, you play the bad guy next year. You got it. Um, when you join a team, here's an analogy I would always say. I used to, when I'd watch baseball all the time, diehard Mets fan. Okay. Now, diehard Mets fan, when you join a team, you forget about your morals mm-hmm. because you're dedicated to a team. And that's fine and good until a team does something really gnarly. You know, I remember the mm-hmm. first time uh, a couple Mets players were accused of hitting their wives. And that's the first time I went, now, wait a minute. We don't know their culture. Mm. And uh, there might have been a couple. We didn't get the whole story yet. Mm. So keep, listen, we don't know where if that was my brother or that was my neighbor I'd be like, hey, hey, you all right? Because that's, you got issues and you have to deal with them. You don't, you don't do what you just did. Like that's just, that's the law of the, that's the, that's the moral code. You don't hit a woman, what's wrong with you? But if it's on your team, hey, well, you don't know. And that's when you're, I'm a Democrat and no matter what, it's, I've never seen a society controlled so well with just a name mm. you could throw out the name trump oh no it sells no matter what mm-hmm. it sells no matter what and it, it baffles my mind that the haters are still mm-hmm. <laughs> but and i tell people listen you know the phrase love is blind hate is blind and more blind hate will make you blind. It'll make you make blind decisions. It'll blind your emotions. It'll blind your common sense. Um, and But they're doing a good job. Mm. What kind of price have you paid for being called political? Even though I don't think you are. I'm not. Yeah. I'm 100% not. Mm-hmm. Um, to be dead honest with you, once COVID really kicked in, and I already know that, I think I came to terms a long time ago, and again, once you realize we're not going to be here, we are in borrowed time, I do have God in my life, um, you, you, you just, you come to terms with reality on a deeper level, and when, when COVID kicked in, I said, you know what? All bets are off. I already knew I wasn't in control. But now not only am I not in control from the natural order of life, but now the puppet masters mm-hmm. that are in control just let us all know, you know, we'll decide mm-hmm. when you can do things <laughs> and what 
you have to do to go back to your natural pleasures. <laughs> and I don't know why I always go to an English accent. To, to me, it's just more devilish. <laughs> Perhaps I should put the ears out. Sire, do you think they're catching on of our sadistic ways for centuries? And that, quite frankly, they never did free themselves. <laughs> How they love to pretend they're voting. <laughs> yes, sire. Yes, sire. <laughs> Do you think they'll ever snap out of it? Not as long as we have television. <laughs> Send the thunder. <laughs> <laughs> A new variant. <laughs> Back in the basement. Um, who, who, who did but you? What I was going to say was, there's not enough time anymore. There never was time, but it made me realize I don't have time to worry about what mm-hmm. people think of me. I know where I'm at in life. I know where I'm at spiritually. I know where I'm at with my family. I know where I'm at in life. Um, and tremendous power spooks the hell out of people. If but doing, it shouldn't. I know. But when I'm excited that other people get this, yeah. I'm not worried about what people think. That's Why? Right. Because they're still, hey, they're, they're still like, ah. <sighs> they're stuck. We ain't got time for stuck. To me, this is the time of you got to rise for years and years and years. You allow fear to control your life. Fear of dying. Fear of I might get sick. Fear of oh, my kid might not make it. So everything's I based out of fear. fear is it time for the fearless? It's time for the fearless. I really think the biggest fear we deal with is the common fear of I'll be found out. You know, I'll be found out I'm a fraud. I'm not really what it or whatever. We, 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 well, there is a lot of that. Yeah, we feel like, I mean, we are the craziest self hating egomaniacs. But we've been, we've been, we've been conditioned for that. Yes. We're, we're in a system, we're yeah. in a matrix, whatever you want to call this. If you really, I always, I love natural humanity. I love watching tribes. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you watch them, then I started realizing the words that we've used to condemn them. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not very modernized. <laughs> they're not civilized. They're not educated. <laughs> All the words that we enslaved you for years. <laughs> <laughs> Wear these pants. Go to school. <laughs> Sit down. They live for the day. All of life's existence lives for the day. We're the only ones who are like, well, I got to go to school and then 20 years from now, I take my money and I invest that money mm-hmm. and I get my car and I drive that way. I, I remember being in Australia, I don't know, I was on Saturday Night Live and we went to Australia and I was more fascinated with the Aborigines and I, and I talked with one and he just, he goes, you, to us, you all look like ants. You just march aimlessly and you don't even know where you're going. He goes, we, cause I was asking them cause they were all gathering under trees. You'd be like in 
Sydney and there'd be a tree mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I mean, what are they doing? They're like, oh, well, they're gathering. The women are over there. The men are over there. And uh, they're they're discussing the day and they laugh about the day and they live for the day. And mm-hmm. Tomorrow, hopefully, brings them a new day. Um, there's something to be said about that. When you go to Africa, you know, people are like, oh, these poor Africans. They're not, they're the ones that are living off the land. They're not unhappy. Mm-hmm. They love life. Mm-hmm. I went last year. They're living in what I would have called a fort when I was nine years old. I mean, I got pictures. It literally is. I went to this village where they have the bushes around them uh, to keep, hopefully, the predators to to keep going. And then their 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 huts. I had awesome pictures. It's literally it's literally like when we were kids. Like you want to make a fort? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's just go get some stuff. And you come back and you're like, "What do you Mm -hmm. got?" You're like, "Well, I've got a cardboard box. Awesome." (laughs) I found some old sweatshirts. Oh my God, it's great. Uh, some two by fours and a baby carriage. We can do this. And literally, it's it's shirts, bags, sticks. It's a fort. And there's just like a, a, a dress that's the door. Mm. And you go in and they got it set up. And it's like, they, they're like, this is, this is amazing. And we created this. And they're not making money. They're not. They're just living life to the fullest at the moment. Um, and they're in tune with spirituality and God. And they're in tune that everything is connected. All this has been so viciously planned to be deprogrammed of. Mm-hmm. It's in everyone. And I get excited when people discover it. Mm-hmm. I get excited when the light beams in, inside someone. I get excited when someone gets that wow moment and they see life completely differently and, and they start shedding all the stuff that they thought was so valuable and I think COVID, such a necessity. And I think, I think COVID, COVID was helped. the beginning of that big time. Some, some people, I mean, I do with my family, we look at it as... A blessing. I mean, it, 100%. Horrible, horrible stuff happened. No, sure. But no it was a that. blessing. 100%. You know, I got, in, I got in trouble with conservatives after uh, Barack Obama's administration because I said, I actually look at him and I'm grateful in some ways because I learned who I was. I learned more about my country. I learned more about the things that I thought I knew that I didn't know. Right. It's good. And there is no bad per se it's what are you going to do with what it? are you going to do about it everyone's complaining everyone's saying that's another thing that's another game they just get you to moan and complain and yell at the tv well, what are you going to do what are you doing you're just complaining but uh yes i agree with you covid that was that was it for me i didn't care what people thought mm-hmm. as long as my intention continues to be and will always be i may fall off the mark here and there Mm -hmm. but i have intentions that are i can honestly say are pure for humanity i really want to see humanity thrive and it pisses me off when i feel it's being taken advantage of and back to that it was a long damn answer Hmm. i don't care 
if people want to say, oh, he's, he's this now, and I bet you he voted for that. That's on them. Mm-hmm. I, ain't got, I, I don't have time for them. Mm-hmm. We don't have time for them anymore. They'll catch up eventually. You know, I was talking to a guy who makes uh, sweatshirts. Do you remember the old, like, high school sweatshirts? I mean, if you're my age, you'll remember them, but they were made in America. Those machines and the people that had that skill, they don't exist in America anymore. We have to rebuild um, our apparel industry, um, making fabrics that you would think would be really easy, making socks. Not so easy. It's not so easy. And especially not in America. Well, things are changing with Grip 6. If you want socks that will keep your feet cool in the summer and warm in the winter, socks made with the latest in wool technology, and they're made right here in America, you don't have to look any further than Grip 6. I wear them. I love them. I think you will, too. Put your trust and hard-earned money in a company that does it right here in America. Let's rebuild America. Go to Grip6.com Beck. You know, it's interesting. I, I don't know if you can come to this without some great struggle in your life. I mean, I, you know, at the height of, you know, my popularity, I'm at Fox and I'm I'm I go from the the world's. This is bullcrap. I tell my kids all the time. Neither of these things are true. Just understand this. I was the third most admired man in the world one year. I was working at CNN. The very next year, I'm working at Fox, and I'm one of the most despised people. (laughs) And I I just, I laugh about it. I'm like, I'm neither that nor that. But but after you have been pushed and pushed and pushed, a good person, person, I think a human, Mm -hmm. forget good person, a human says, am I some of those things? And you start to take everything out of you and look at it and go, oh, I see that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I want that or I don't want that. And that takes struggle. Oh, without a doubt. I'd I'd be the first to admit I struggle all the time, nonstop, still do, trying to figure things out, trying to figure out how to move on, how to awaken more people, how to not sound too uh, categorized, mm-hmm. not to come off angry. That's usually my biggest struggle because I realized as a kid, I felt I had a gift from God to make people laugh. But with that gift, it, it comes with mm-hmm. a special order. So usually my first inst my first, Comedy comes to me when I'm pissed. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and I'm over the top. Right. Like, so, okay, so are you saying it? <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I get that. that oh, yeah, of course, because you're educated, so you're better. Continue. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so. Um, that lacks a certain bit of Christ-like humility. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I have, I, I, that is my, that's when I go, okay, Jim, you know what you're angry at. How do you present this? But find the humor so that the, pe- the preaching to the choir will obviously laugh, but the uh, one on the other side will go, hmm. oh, wow, okay. 
Huh. And I had that from the special. I had that. I had people come up to me and go, I was so pissed at you because, you know, I was caught up and da 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 da. And goes, and I, you made me, th- and now I just, I can't believe what I was falling for. I can't believe it. And I'm like, yeah, well, you got to make it look crazy. That Broadway show is one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. I mean, thank you. You, you are, it's funny. It is well thought out. It is, it's, uh, it's brilliantly performed. I mean, that, that is, where did that come from? That was from anger. <laughs> anger. <laughs> yeah. I was performing at um, the Stress Factory in New Jersey. I was living in New Jersey and everything was closed. So I, no one could work. And then even when it was sort of coming back, still mm-hmm. comedians couldn't work. Entertainers weren't working. Um, my friend Vinny, he calls me out. He's like, Jay. I got, I, cause everyone's also trying to figure out how to beat the system. Mm. Oh, we're, we're going to put a tent in the street. <laughs> People doing anything mm. to make a business. He had a tent outside, which was hilarious cause it was behind a, a parking lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every once in a while I'd be doing a show and you hear. <laughs> <laughs> I was coming in for the closer and um, competing against the Harley for 20 minutes. <laughs> or, <laughs> or I would be out there and I'd hear, we'd hear a couple yelling at one another. And then I'd have to pull the banner like, is that really all right? Like it, so, <laughs> but during that time, it was full blown. You got to wear a mask at the, at the, when you check in and when you walk in, you got to wear a mask. But when you sit down, you can take it off. Okay. Okay. Danger. Safe. Danger. Safe. That's what the CDP says. And we should all listen to everything they say. Dr. Fauci. Yeah, if you stand and put it on, if you sit and take it up. Wow. 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 Um, so I would work out there. And, you know, I'd compare everything as Nazism because that's, hey, you taught me in school what they did. They taught you to snitch on one another. Well, guess what? If you Mm -hmm. see people or children in your neighborhood, if you just change the accent now, it's just what's the difference? You put on a little, you know, the little little happy dress and like, if you see anyone outside, they're a danger to society, and you care about your family and children, don't you? You call the local authorities. You had mayors, despicable, disgusting. They're not human. They're disgusting, and they should be held accountable, all of them, every single last one of them, every mayor, every governor that shamed you, terrorized you, tore your family apart, made you lose your job, divided everybody. That was the most disgusting display of humanity. And these are the people that are controlling my life and your life that they're taking my money from and doing whatever mm-hmm. they want with it. I don't have a choice where my taxes go. So 
that time, that's how I saw it. I saw it as a complete takeover. And then in my own house, you know, these kids are all indoctrinated. So the kids are like, dad's crazy. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, your father's putting up. And I, I saw what they were going through. I had nieces. You know, I had my daughter come up to me and a niece that I love said, uh, Dad, is everything cool because everyone thinks you're, you know, mm -hmm. you're making wacky videos. And I understand why it happened, but that's why I had to get that out there. And no one was talking about it. Everyone was still like, I, I didn't, I felt we're at war. A hundred percent. This is war. However you want to describe it. It's a war in your, it's a war in your common sense. It's a war on the control of your life. It's the war on your spirituality. It's the war of your conscience and your mind. And it's not a game. It's real. And unfortunately, humanity doesn't believe that evil exists. And boy, does it exist. It does. And you'd be horrified when you realize where they're all located. And I'm not sure some people can handle that. But I think the ones that can are very ready. Very ready. They're done. I, um... <clears throat> So that's where the comedy came from. <laughs> in a tent, while all that was going on in my head, I was like, I'm gonna shout, we need to wake people up. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I had, a, I had a trampoline, and I'd be listening to old metal music. I would listen to um, um, Damage Incorporated by Metallica, and I'd listen to the first two minutes. It was, and I'd, I'd be a general on a hill going, are we going to let them just take our children away from us? I can't hug my grandmother. I can't visit her in her home because I won't put a needle on my neck. Is this where we're at in life? And just as the song would peak, you're like, charge! And so I would give speeches in my head like how to wake up humanity. And the, and the best thing in the world was hearing so many people when I'd finish a set Every single time, some of them were on the brink of tears. Some of them, they were so grateful. Mm -hmm. They were so grateful. And that's when I realized, I don't care if you're going to think I'm political. I don't care how you're going to categorize me. So many people were saying, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank mm -hmm. God somebody's saying it. And that's why I named it that. Every show, somebody has to say this. Thank God you're saying this. Somebody had to say it. Wow. And I think I named it like the night of the show. Mm. Literally. I was like, huh. Everyone's been saying this for months. Somebody had to say it. <clears throat> I took a, a, an opinion that I've held for a long time today and just kind of came out on the air about something called the Convention of States, which is... Um, you know, the state's having a constitutional convention. <clears throat> and I've been for it for a long time. 
and uh, because they're just things that Congress is just never going to do. And today, I uh, I've been thinking about it for a while, and I, uh, I I believe our Bill of Rights and our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution were divinely inspired. And you listen to any of Benjamin Franklin said the hand of God was there with us. And they, at one point when they couldn't agree on things, one of them suggested we all need to go to church. And they all went to church and they all prayed together. And then they came back and it was solved. Um, and I said, today, I said, I, I'm, I'm no longer for the Convention of States because this is a sacred document. And I don't think we are anywhere near where we should be tampering with something divine. We're, we're not those people right now. No, not even close to it. Right. So when you say that, because I'm not um, educated in that category. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean, I, and I don't mean to make it political. I'm just saying. No, no, no. But I'm curious what you're, so you're saying your, your constitution. I'm a constitutionalist. Uh, I am too, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. I, I think we, I think. I think the vast majority, even if Democrats, if you push them to the edge, and this is changing, unfortunately, but if you push them and say, forget about everything else, forget about it. Mm -hmm. Are you for me being able to speak? Won't you still give your life, even if you really disagree with me? Well, this is when I feel, <clears throat> when I watch it, it looks so ridiculous and so insane, and to me, and I have no investment mm -hmm. on, I, on either side. Shouldn't. You'd, you'd be a fool to. Mm -hmm. um, they're the people running things now. And it, it, you know what? This is also good, too, because I've never heard anyone. I haven't heard so many people talk about the Constitution. In my whole my life. My whole life. Mm-hmm. And again, this is all waking up mm -hmm. so many people, so many people have never realized, hey, yeah, you know, uh, First Amendment, uh, say, well, that's kind of a biggie. <laughs> right. It's kind of a biggie. And the second one, that's quite a biggie too. And we are being taken over. There's no if, ends, what's about it. We're being taken over. They're taking the Constitution, and they can play all the games they want. Oh, there was a shooting, mm -hmm. and uh, got to take over. And uh, you can't say that. They're going like this. <laughs> Sup, America? <laughs> Where did you learn to tell a story? I don't know. I was, a, I, was a, I was a fat kid. I mean, and I think that was the first offense. I don't know. But I think everyone was animated. When I was a kid, I was animated. I was on the street. I was imitating everything. I, I just, I, I mean, you know. are in the category, I think you're in the category of Jonathan Winters and, and Robin Williams. Oh, oh. But he was my all-time favorite. Brilliant. They could. They were both brilliant. Of the brilliant. Yes. And they both could 
I go back to your Broadway show. They could both spontaneously do yes. a Broadway show. Yes. And you strike me as cut from that same cloth. Well, I think uh, maybe I'm, there were definitely huge influences in my life. Jonathan Winters made me laugh oh, so hard. Time. And I got to meet him. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got to meet him for literally 15, 20 minutes. I'll never forget it. Um, I was in Montreal. I was on the uh, slave board. And what that is, they would bring comics to the Montreal Comedy Festival, and we do the shows, and they auction us off. Oh, we got Jim Brewer, but I'm going to have 40000 from NBC, 150000 from Disney, uh, CBS wants him for $200,000, and a two-year guarantee, oh, Disney just stepped up, you know, and so, you, and it was great at the time, you wanted to be part mm-hmm. of it, and I was all, eh. um, and oh God, a jet and leather pants and getting monkeys and a kangaroo. I'm going to be so successful. Um, Are monkeys and a kangaroo part oh, of it? I wanted a kangaroo so bad. I wanted to walk in the mall with it. And people would be like, that guy's really successful. That guy's huge. Oh, Jim Brewer? Yeah, he lives in town. <laughs> Guy's a gazillionaire. He comes there in his helicopter. He goes in the mall. Everyone knows. You'll see. You'll see the kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I go, I, I'm walking by um, this, this breakfast place in the hotel, because all the comics stay in the hotel. And... Oh my gosh, this is early in my career too. I want to say it's like 93, 94. Um, right, right before I really got into the Hollywood scene where they were just like, who's this? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> See if you can pull his limbs apart. <laughs> um, and he's sitting in there and he's coming out. And I want to say, I want to say he was with David Brenner. Whoever he was with, I feel bad because I don't remember the other person. Uh, yeah. but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like David Brennan. And we were, we were waiting. I'm like, oh my gosh, Jonathan Winters. I want to wait till he comes out. And he came out and I went, Mr. Winters, I, I just want to say I'm a big fan. I'm a comedian. He goes, where are you from, kid? And I went, New York. <laughs> oh, New York, right on the subways. What kind of mean it? You can't do that. Step back on it. Excuse me, I've got uh, my computer class. <laughs> Make sure you change that Jamaica. <laughs> and he went on for what seemed 15, 20 minutes. A little crowd started gathering. And then he's like, all right, what's your name? Jim. Good to meet you, Jim. Keep it up. And I just left. I'm like, I had a Jonathan Winters moment. Wow. It was awesome. I had a Richard Pryor moment. And I had a Jonathan Winters moment. What was your Richard Pryor moment? Richard Pryor was, I always, I just wanted to see him live, but he was towards the end of his life. Mm. And I went to the LA, the comedy store, and I would go there every night to like, eh, maybe he'll show up. And this is stupid, he ain't gonna show up. Why would he show up? That's stupid, he's sick. He's... And then the last night there, I'm sitting in the back, there's maybe 12 people in there. Mm. And as I'm about to leave, the MC goes, we have a special guest, um, hang out. It's gonna take him a little bit, but please welcome Richard Pryor. And I'm like, what? And I turn and I see him and he's being helped by about three or four guys. And they help him on the stage. And he was 
himself, he was hilarious. It took him a long time to get to what he was saying, mm-hmm. but it was just such an incredible, because to me, that was my first huge, uh, inf- I loved Richard Pryor. He still makes me belly laugh. Belly laugh. Best comedian of all time. For me. Uh, Richard, Richard Pryor. Pryor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, in my opinion, he was the first one that was so truthful, so honest, so humble, so raw. I mean, he comes out. What comedians were being so honest about the fight he had with his wife to the point where she's like, she said, I'm leaving. I said, not in this car, you ain't. And, <laughs> and I started shooting the tires out. Boom. And the tires in the air went, oh. And then the, and then the, and the vodka said, go ahead, shoot something else, Rich. And, I, <laughs> and then I was going to shoot the engine. The engine and I, he's, he was just so funny. I had a heart attack. I walked out in the yard and my heart said, don't breathe. I said, why? He said, you heard me. I said, don't breathe. He acts out the whole thing of a heart attack. He was, he was open about his addictions. I remember him, the second concert he came out as a kid, he was like, don't think I didn't hear your old jokes. I heard about you when I lit myself on fire. <laughs> he takes a, he goes like this one, and he takes a match. He goes, "What's this?" <laughs> Richard Pryor running down the street, real funny, real funny. <laughs> so he was, uh, he was. So it started with um, Steve Martin. Hmm. It was "Let's Get Small." Uh, a guy gave me, I remember asking my parents too, they're like, can we, can we let Jimbo listen to this? This, this is so, it, it, it's not a lot of cursing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I, I told you, sixth grade, I was relating to Steve Martin because he was completely silly mm-hmm. and goofy. Um, and then that led to a watch. I saw Richard Pryor and it was lights out. It was, it was done. We went from Richard Pryor, George Carlin, then Eddie Murphy was the, I'm going to be Eddie Murphy. I'm wearing the leather. We're getting the kangaroo. It is game time when Jim Brewer shows up. What happened to Eddie Murphy? He's like, you never see him anymore. He was so big and he's so funny. So funny. So funny. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I know. I watched his stardom. He made me laugh so hard. His stand-up was so good and entertaining. Um, that's hard, though, isn't it? I mean, stand-up, that's... You think it's harder to do stand-up than it is Saturday I, Night Live grind? No. Really? No. I think the... I think... Uh, I think scripted... For me, scripted is a lot harder. I can't memorize anything. Mm. And I don't like... If I don't like what I'm what you're writing for me, it's really hard for me to sell it. Yeah. So, uh, I would agree with that. I, yeah, I, d- I don't like, I'm like, I don't like this joke. It'll do really good. And maybe it will, but I, I'm a visual. I, yeah, if yeah. I don't see it, I, I, I can't fake it. I can't lie it. I, I just can't do it. So for me being going up on stage and just being honest and trying to be funny is, Way more natural, because that's who I am at the end of the day. 
That's the same kid growing up on the street. That's the same kid that was in high school. Uh, that's just always been the natural, the natural me. <laughs> Can you, I'm sorry to request. No, no, no. What? But may I request? What? The um, music in the restaurant that your daughter was very upset about after college. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're Bung, dang, bung, dang, bing, dung, dung, bing, dung, bung, ding, bing, dung. What's so crazy is that is what it sounds like. I, if I don't I hear mean, that, was, if I walk into an Italian <laughs> restaurant and I don't hear, <laughs> you've already got a strike against right, you. Right. If I don't hear Sinatra or Dean, mm-hmm. or somebody, uh, I'm out. Yeah. If I don't, if I go into a Chinese restaurant and I do not hear, bong, ding, bing, bong, bang, bong, I'm out. You ain't a, Jim Brewer's mind, you're not authentic and you're not putting me in the mood. I don't want to hear jazz playing. I don't want to hear, the latest from Jay Z. I'm out. I want to hear bong dang bang, and I want it with my pork fried rice. Why is that a crime? It's not. <laughs> I know it's not. Last thing, just how's your wife? She's doing great. So, 2012. She first was diagnosed with cancer. And, and it was, you don't have long to live. No, that's the, the last one. The last one, okay. So 2012 was first round. She got the mastectomy and history, all that stuff. And did a guy who was like, you know, just eat this flour and do that and mm-hmm. everything would be fine. Um, came back. In 2014, so two years later, and then she did chemo, all that, and she hated that because she hates, um, she tries to eat as clean as possible, mm-hmm. especially after first diagnosed with cancer. Then, 2000, this is the miracle part, um, I think it was 16, yeah, 16, that's when they're like, uh, it's everywhere. What do you mean it's everywhere? It's everywhere. And it's nothing we could do. And I remember being in the room and, uh, and I saw her face. I felt bad for her because she did not that, not that she was facing mortality, she felt it was her fault. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, how, why would you say that? This is my, I'm like, how is this your fault? Saying fault? And then I remember, and what we always do, we always find humor. I remember being in the room, and uh, the doctor goes, and she goes, well, well, like, what are we talking? And she goes, ah, this was like maybe February. She said, maybe by the holidays. Unless we maybe try a trial or something like that, but there's no guarantees. But and we'll give you drugs to to ease the pain. Like you'll be okay. And I just went, "Do you have drugs for me to ease the pain? Because 
This ain't gonna be fun. <laughs> and that doctor looked at me like, <laughs> "Hey, bad." dare you and my wife belly laughed because i knew that was the room breaker we laughed and she's like no no no, he's a, he's a comedian and she just kept looking at me and she's like no 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 seriously that's what he does for a living like that we, that's funny that we like that we, we, we laugh yeah it's okay seriously people don't understand the dark hu- I, my, my, my dad had dark humor yeah it's good for you. It is. I mean, it's good for you. I used to. I used to say my mother committed suicide. It's acknowledging. Yes. It's acknowledging. Yes. And it's just. And it's for some people it works. Some people don't. Doesn't. But. Do you say your mom? My mom committed suicide when I was young, and I used to my partner on radio for years, and still my best friend. He would bring anything up about uh, you know somebody dying, and and I would immediately say. Thank you for reminding me of my mother's death. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it was really dark. Wow. But it, it was it's the way I dealt with it. And we still joke about it today. He'll still come up to me and he'll be like, I don't want to bring up your mother's death. <laughs> <laughs> but you clearly came to um you clearly went through a lot you probably yeah, yeah, yeah. went through guilt and we all do. me you know all the all the cycles right and then you came to terms with there's nothing what are you gonna do i could have no this is has nothing to do with me correct it is what it is um yeah and then it's kind of all bets off but because it's it is um i guess i learned this from my dad uh it's it there's if there's the life is going to crush you absolutely it's going to crush, crush. you crush yeah unless not hurt you to crush crush. <laughs> crush crush yeah we're talking rehab for yeah. three years yeah. learning to talk again yeah. I'm working on my asses on my teeth it will crush, crush you it'll make someone someone gets sick and you watch that process mm-hmm. for years mm-hmm. um but she's she started a trial and she's i remember i get these cluster headaches i used to get these cluster headaches mm. and it, it it's all i believe from stress and um the last go was she was doing great she's still doing great she doesn't matter she looks hot she's hot <laughs> she's hot how did that was stardom for you, I mean, I had her way before that. <laughs> did way you? before that, <laughs> did you? And that—that's a great thing too. I know. We had nothing. I know. Zero. I, I married my wife. Yeah. She thought I was. She thought I was, her parents were like, "He is a oh. loser." Oh, and she married me, and she is just not thrilled about any of it. She's like not impressed. My wife, not, same thing. I love that. She drives me nuts. She would piss me off all the time. Like, hon, this is the producer of the movie site. <laughs> I have said to her before, oh I've God, said, yeah. honey, we've been invited to, to the White House. I'm not going to take one of the kids. <laughs> That's my wife. Oh, I love that. That is exactly my wife. Keeps you grounded. We're going to meet the the lead singer of AC (laughs) Daisy. Wants to go to dinner. What is he like? What is he like? I'm just trying. I'm nice to sing. (laughs) And she's like, I cursed a lot. 
I took my wife to BB King. Yeah. BB King. BB Kings. BB King. Oh, BB King. Seeing BB King. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. She falls asleep (laughs) in the concert. I go backstage. BB looks at me and he's like, hey. And he looks at her because she's hot. He looks at her and he's like, hey, I'll come over and sit on BB's lap. I wanted to say she didn't even know who you were, really. She fell asleep. She was sucking air, BB. Oh my God, is this over? I'm sorry. Did I miss the whole show? You were there. You I'm, saw it. Wow. I'm sorry. Was he good, Glenn? Was he good? Oh, so oh my God. Um, yeah. So, so, But she's good. She's good. We're going on, guess, yeah, it's got like six, seven years. So, oh, and then I, I remember the cluster started because. Everyone was out of the trial except for her. And I, she also has a very strong faith. Very strong faith. She found that years ago. And that saved our marriage. 100% saved our marriage. I, I've got a lot of stories like that. But that one, that one was a biggie. And I'd say her faith and her trying to be as clean as possible is what keeps her going. She, I, our marriage, you know, I'm sure you and your wife, <laughs> you've had a million times you're like, yeah, you know, I think we had a nice run. <laughs> <laughs> we had a nice run, you don't like me. I, I like it, but you don't like me. I'm not yeah. dumb. I can tell yeah. when I come to rub your shoulders and you're right. like, oh, sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> right. If uh, yeah, if Aquaman did that, you'd submit. But I'm here. Don't touch me. Yeah. I get it. Right. Um, and we were. It was after the second kid, and uh, she was having a rough go. I was always a God guy, not a church guy. Always a God guy. Yeah, not a church guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I didn't want to get. Just, yeah. Um, that's another whole nine hour special. <laughs> but she was like, oh, there is no God. There is no this and blah, blah, blah. Oh, she wasn't. She really wasn't. Um, and I'd be like, oh my God, how do you not know? And I don't know if it was postpartum, whatever it was. I remember I was in this, I was in this little town we lived in and I challenged God. Yeah, I pulled over. I was. I had one of those cries because I thought the world was where your mouth open for an hour. Like, <laughs> <laughs> People going by. You're right. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, I don't do drugs. I never cheated. Why are you doing this to me? I don't want this to end. You and I said, I remember. I, I laugh about it now. I challenge. I'm like, if you don't, uh-huh. I need you. I know to save this marriage. <laughs> if you exist, and I always defend you. I always defend you. Every time my family's like, there is no God. I'm like, let me tell you a story, and you make the decision. 
By the way, I was an abortion that survived. I told that a miracle. Not saying it's God. Just saying. My mom clearly had the martinis like, I wanted to take you out. Everyone said take you out. But I survived. Coincidence? I don't know. <laughs> um, and I was like, if you don't show up now, I swear, I, I, was, I swear to God, I swear to you, i going, you don't want me to go to the other side. If I'm broken... I'm going to, I'm going, Darth, full-blown Darth Vader. You're not going to like me over there because I'm going to crush it. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to crush it. (laughs) And uh, a couple days later, I come back from the weekend and she's in the living room and uh, are you okay? She goes, something weird happened. She's just sitting by herself. Something weird happened. Oh, what happened? I have something weird. Oh, uh, where are the kids? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. a good question. Because <laughs> I've seen some bad postpartum stuff. Bad something stuff. Something happened. <laughs> I killed the kids. <laughs> I drowned the kids because I haven't slept. Wow. <laughs> Wow. And it's real. I mean, I'm being funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. It's real. So I'm like, where's the kids? They're upstairs. Okay. What's going on? And she go, she proceeds and she's like, well, I went to a coffee shop in town and the woman behind the counter, I don't really know her, but she, she came from behind the counter and she said, you really need to, you need to, I, I want to do something for you. Come to my house right now. And I didn't, she, and the way my wife tells it, she's like, Jim, I, I, you know, she's crying. I want to. I don't. I don't know this person, but I just. I, I don't know. I said. So you just get in the car. <laughs> I'm sorry, we don't know each other. Let's take a car ride. And you're driving, and then what? And she goes. I wanted to keep going straight. She made a left, and I, I, I stopped, and I made a left. And I remember going, why are you doing this? And I went to her house, and I, I, the house is cute, and it's decorated nice, and I went inside, and she said, hold on, my husband has to be part of this. And my husband came down, and I went, oh, no. <laughs> and I went, where is this going? And she goes, and then they, they held their hands, and they started praying for me praying for my soul and my marriage and then I'd find love in my heart and and I wanted to laugh because you knew you just challenged well not only that but that's not the answer I was expecting when this conversation started Mm -hmm. and went they were praying <laughs> I, I did not see this coming, but I'm going to continue. And then that's when she's like, I don't know what's going on. I just want to start learning about God and go to church and, wow. and, and Jesus. And I went, uh, didn't see that coming. I didn't visualize that. But he was like, you said... Mm-hmm. Save the marriage. Mm-hmm. I didn't say it was on your terms. I just gave you that. Let me know how it is. And I tell you what, on my kids' lives, before that happened, she went to this thing called the Forum. Uh, it was vitamins. It's vitamins. You know what? I, 
now that I do vitamins, I'm totally better now. And but I, it, my circulation before that, it was a like coffee. I stopped coffee. And now because of the coffee, that's what made me angry. And that's what made me. And then before that, it was always something. And then it would end with the, you know, I don't like you. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> the vitamins lasted three weeks. I don't like you. Why I marry you? Um, and she's getting into, and it was, it was definitely, I was open because she was, she had a different spirit about her, but I was still like, how long is this going to go? And she would, she would hit me up with uh, a lot of times when people find their faith, they meet like, they, it's like someone learning to swim. Like, have you gone swimming? <laughs> you can do a backstroke. And, it's, and just, go in the pool. I will go when I want to go in. No, you need it. I got it. Mm-hmm. And she would hit me all the time with, um, then she started looking at me differently. Like, do you realize the power of your voice? Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's she's like, no, you have a gift. When I know that, you should thank Jesus. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and there was a lot of that. And I'd go, hun, please, let me, you, you, what do you say? You're working, working, work on that progress. And let me do what I gotta do. And just she's like, but you really should thank Jesus. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> Jeez, I created a Jesus freak. <laughs> I, I'm not even lying. Hey, hey. Let me tell you I something. always defend you. It's <laughs> <laughs> so not what I asked for, but all right. The marriage is better. I'll give you that. So there's two things. Two things. I don't want to lose the thought. One is my friend was full blown. She's in a cult. He would, he, we had a radio show together. You can't even make this up, right? And, um, and he'd go, Jim, what's going on with your wife? What's going on with D? Right? Cause they know each other like brother and sister. And I said, she, I, you know, she's really learning. She has this Bible study. He's like, Bible study? <laughs> Bible study? What is that? He's studying the Bible? I mean, it's not what it is. The women get together and they take a subject like uh, being a parent and it's, for, you know, they quote and they get together and they have coffee. It's like, how many times a week they do that? <laughs> well, I don't know what. All right, so you're doing church on Sunday. Then you do it. And you do it. Bro, this is a cult. This is a cult. And he had me like, oh, my God. Maybe it is. Like, what is what's going on? Right. And I didn't like the church. I don't like church. It, just, it gives me I can't describe it. Right. And so the guy, you know, the pastor would be up there. He'd look at me. He's like, you must talk to Jesus. I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm here to watch her, pal. I have my eye on you. I see what you drive i see what you drive yeah i got it you need a new elevator got it okay so this is where i'm at and my friends like jim uh he's like does she she like pray going yeah she starts she does something before she eats he goes what what does she do and he has to have dinner to see it Right. And while, you know, she'll sit there and say, and she won't, it's not like Jesus, thank you. 
right before dinner comes, if we're all eating, she'll just do this for a second. And then it's kind of like not nonchalant, mm-hmm. doesn't want to get any business. So and he's like, Dude, I got I to gotta, I gotta come out there. So he comes, <laughs> he comes out <laughs> to the house. I swear my life, my hand of God, this is true. <laughs> so I... <laughs> My wife is in, she's in the kitchen, she's like doing dishes, she's a clean freak. My friend's sitting there, and he's looking at me, he's like, Brew man, it's cool if I, D, can I be honest with you, can I ask some questions? <laughs> Brew, do I have your permission? <laughs> and I know, by this point, my wife is such a rock. When she found her faith, I was on this way. Mm. And I needed that real bad. And that's another amazing thing. So then she gets a light and the stories I have that now yeah. she pulled me out of are just their grace and they're beautiful. It's amazing. They're be- it is amazing. It is good. It's amazing. So he goes, can I ask something? <clears throat> Did she know that he was? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like brother and sister. He goes, Ifo, you have no hate. <laughs> I swear to God, he goes. You have well, no yes. hate in your body. No hate. <laughs> she goes. No. Why? You know, I found Jesus, and Jesus teaches me about love. And you know, everyone who's not perfect, I, you have to learn to understand where they come from. And he's like, Ifo, Osama bin Laden. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. Because if Osama was sitting right here in your kitchen, you would hate him. And she goes, I don't know who he is. And he goes, she's in a cult. Brew man, she's in a cult. And I blame you got to get trapped in I'm going outside have a cigarette. He leaves. He's pacing my lawn, <laughs> shaking. <laughs> we still laugh about that. So now, now I'll tell you this part too. So in the beginning, probably the first, Jesus is crushing for like a good two months now. It's pretty because now we have talks. She's like, animals, says in the Bible, blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I just, I don't know about that one. You know, but mm-hmm. we started talking and then we give theories and it wasn't fights. I'm like, huh, that's, a, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I feel more this, this, and this. She's like, well, it says this. and blah. So definitely, it, it definitely saved our marriage. And, uh, but she's still like, you know, we thank you. Well, it was a little after the second month. I don't know what happened. Something triggered her. And she came home. And it was right back to before Jesus showed up. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh, no. Did you have fun while I was away? Because, you know, I've got her again. <laughs> and I don't know what happened. But it was again like, you suck. You're ugly. Whatever it was, it was bad. And she came right at me. In, in I was sitting at the island in the kitchen and she was like da, da, da. and inside I started realizing wow it's over this was my last this was the last hope and she 
turned around screaming. The one kid is upstairs. She shuts the door. She's crying. And she goes in the bedroom, the door bang, and then she on the phone. And he sucks. And I was I was already going, okay. I'll get in a I'll get an apartment in town and I'll I'll be with the kids. I'm not gonna divorce. It's just she can have everything. I just wanna be there for the kids and maybe she'll find herself. Whatever she's so angry about. And then about fit, while this is going on in my head, she opens the door. I went, oh, no, here we go. And I literally was going to go, all right, I'm not just going to sit here and take it. If, we, if this is the end, this is full-blown nuclear war. Like, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking your family down. <laughs> I'm going psychological <laughs> war. You're, I've held this back my whole life. You're going to get it now. And she came up to me, and she goes, I am so sorry. Um... I'm going to have moments like I had today. I'm going to have slip-ups. I'm a work in progress. I'm learning about love. I'm learning about the Lord. You've meant so much to me my whole life. Um, you've always been there. It's not you. I have, I have a lot of anger that I'm trying to figure out. It's not you. You've been so patient, so beautiful, and I'm begging you to just be patient with me. I love you so much. I went, oh, okay. But I'm waiting for the butt. <laughs> and there is no butt. And she turned away and she started going upstairs and she turned around and she's like, I mean it, Jim. I'm sorry. And just be patient. And not until she went in the room and that's when I said under my breath, Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. I thought I'd never say that, but thank you, Jesus. That saved our marriage. Is it easy? No. Does it have flaws? Of course. Are they perfect? That's the other thing people think when you find your faith, you are Jesus. You're walking on water. You don't swear. You don't get mad. You don't do crazy things. You don't drink. You don't get high. You do all the above. There is no humans that are pure. But I have to be honest. For, for the longest time, I didn't like saying that because then people then will say, oh, you're, a, you're religious because mm. they did a great job. Mm-hmm. Crushing that as well. Mm -hmm. Any any faith, you're you're that. Mm -hmm. You're one of that. And so, it's absolutely. And here's what's more mind-boggling. And again, I don't know what it is. So when I first moved to my um, Chester, New Jersey, away from it all, had the kid, and I didn't realize. I'm very humble. I don't like being like, hey, I'm a star. I do if I can get me reservations to a nice <laughs> right. restaurant. Yes, yes. Were you the guy? I yes, I was. If that gets me a table. What do you want? Is that, is that the error we're talking? Is that what you want? Table for two. Thank you. Start off with a beef eater gin martini. Drinks are on the house. Thank you. Blue cheese olive. <laughs> um, what the hell is I talking about? Oh. 
So I moved to I moved to Chester, New Jersey, and while I'm there, I'm talking a lot. I'm t- I'm gonna wrap it up. No, you are, but I am talking so a lot. Good. I, I, I That's kind of the point of a podcast. Okay, no, I didn't know, that, <laughs> but guess. I didn't know if like people are like uh, Glenn, 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 he's funny and nice and entertaining. <laughs> wife has the party. Um, so we sat there. Uh, so I go in this camera shop. Young girl behind the counter, big blue eyes completely gifted they're on the counter she's looking at me blink 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 <laughs> shirts this and she went oh my god i always wanted to be an actress and i heard you moved here and i always do anything and <laughs> i st- all my life and I, and i'm always aware of these moments or i think i am and i went okay this is your daughter. Mm. How do you want this man to react? And I went, so you want to be an actress? I'm moving to LA. I'm going to go there. I'm going to be a star. <laughs> blink, blink. Wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> and I went, I went, if this kid goes out there. They'll eat her alive. They, shoot, they're gonna all it take. I we all go through it. Anyone addicted to vanity, being higher on the ladder. It's not just Hollywood. It's every stage. You, you, their pimp. Your who they see the eyes. <laughs> I'll do anything, and then all they do is drop names. I remember when I first started the industry. Manager's like, you know, so Eddie Murphy, and I was like, Richard Pryor. And I, you know, I was just talking to George Carlin. Like, oh my god, he knows all these people, and I'm next. I. That's all it takes for uh, a human being like this to go out there some piece of dirt come along string her along come li- it's it's over mm-hmm. she I mean I, it's gonna be horrible what happens to this person so I took her to, I said you got lunch take a lunch break we had a lunch break and I got extremely raw and truthful with her like extremely and she went from to okay, like oh wow, and and we had a great conversation. I went so from now on, if you have questions with anything, you still want to pursue it, fine, but call me, and I'll just be blatantly honest with you. Uh, you may want to hear one thing, but I'll be honest with you. She went, thank you so much, blah blah blah. Right. <clears throat> um, but how was the sex? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't do that stuff, Glenn. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so do you know what happened to her? Well, check this out. Again, in my kids' lives, true story. <clears throat> a couple months later, did I, like, I like community in a coffee shop. I love coffee shops. I always find a local coffee shop. There's a little place. Uh, at the time, it was called Casey's Coffee Shop. Now it's Maria's Coffee Shop. And I went in there, and there's an older woman behind the counter, and she's talking about, I'm going to get an eyelid tuck, mm. and, and she's beautiful. I said, ma'am, why would you do that? I said, you're beautiful. I go, God, I hope my wife and I age as well as you, and I'm assuming your husband. And she goes, oh, my God, I know who you are. Can I give you a hug? 
something on it. So, okay. <laughs> Still loves the goat or whatever. You know. And she comes from around the counter and she gives me a really warm hug. It wasn't a fan hug. It was like a warm hug. And then she took my shoulder and she looked at me and she went, you're, you're the guy. And I went, yeah, I, I did some stuff. I just, I, I'm not really. She goes, no. And she starts tearing up. And she said, you're the one that talked to my daughter. Wow. And I went, what? And she goes, you. And she starts breaking down. She went, I prayed to God that my daughter would, she was, she was in such a dark place. You, you're the one to talk to her, right? You're the one that, I went, who's you? I went, oh my God. Yes. Yes. That's the woman that brought my wife to Christ and saved our marriage. The blink blink or the older the woman? The older woman. Gotta be kidding me. Which I found out, which happened later in time. So you didn't know? No. She didn't know? No. Oh my God. What is that? What is that? Wow. And sometimes I wish humanity, whether however you want to label that, however you want to compartment, make it, well, that's God, that's Jesus, that's this, that's karma, however you want to put it, it's a beautiful thing, and I just hope that humanity, just like a radio station, would at least go to that frequency and just take a couple steps back and maybe see stuff like that, because that's how I see it. That's a wow moment, and we all can have tons of wow moments if we just stop with the mm-hmm. 24-7 blah, blah, blah. I don't think you can beat that story. No, that's why we're going to end it. Thank you. It's over. We got a microphone. I want to smash it. <laughs> King! <laughs> this was fun. You're great. So are you. Thanks for having thank you. me. You allowed this. You invited me. So thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. Just a reminder, I'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people.